Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Fandom Talk. Uh, as you can see today, we are doing a Falcon and the Winter Soldier spoiler cast. So if you have not had a chance to watch that fantastic series on Disney+, Plus, go do it. We can wait. We'll be here. Uh, you, trust me, You there's a lot that happens in this in this series. You don't want anything spoiled for you. Um, and, it's just, and a lot of really good surprises that just... They're really good if you don't know that they're coming. So... Uh, yes, go no, go check out the show, and then come back. We'll be here. But if you've already seen the show, and that's why you're here, then let me go ahead and introduce who I've got with us today. So, first off, uh, we do want to make note that, unfortunately, Raven isn't able to join us today. Uh, we love her and miss her, but uh, she's taking a personal day, so we're going to be recording this without her. She'll be on the next one with us, though. Um, but first up, we have got Red Lanyard, better known as Al. Al, how you doing today, man? Uh, Cowabunga! I'm doing, mm -hmm. I'm doing the wonderful, fantastic, and that actually is a good segue. We guys, we need to watch TMNT soon. We need to get back on the uh, on those Ninja Turtles. We we made a promise to Josh Hicks, and we we have not finished. We've we've done the first trilogy, and that was a lot of fun. But now we've got uh, now we've got the one side uh, the uh, one side film, and then we get the two Michael Bay films, and uh, no one is more excited. For the two Michael Bay films and the other man I have with us, that is the Wise Sage, better known as Josh. Josh, how excited are you to record about the Michael Bay films? That wasn't nice. That wasn't nice. I, I thought it was a good segue. No. No? No? no. Well, well, how are you feeling today? Are you I'm excited? feeling good today. Yeah. Feeling good today? Feeling good today. You know? I'm not feeling so great about Michael Bay films, but that's today. That's fair. That's fair. You know, Falcon and Winter Soldier and, and Pokemon Snap also came out this week. Yeah, and Pokemon that's, Snap is quite fun. That's, that's been a big one. That's been a big one. Um, but anyways, getting to the, to the main point uh, of what we're talking about. Like I said, we're going to be talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier today. Um man what a series um man just start starting off uh overall thoughts uh al we'll toss it to you first what 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 do you think what do you think of the series as a whole um as a whole i enjoyed it i thought it was um i thought it hit a, a lot of really really good points both with characters and um, the storytelling i think it was a really it was a really important show to come out um, at the time it did. Um, of course, it was pushed back a little bit from COVID. Um, however, I think it would have been just as relevant and important um, if it had come out before as well. But um, but yeah, had a lot of really good themes. It definitely reinforced the idea that um, comic book stuff, uh, comic book entertainment, um, is um, a great instrument for being able to to handle some pretty heavy things and some pretty um, relevant things going on in the world while still being really entertaining. So yeah, I thought it was good. Absolutely, yeah, I can completely agree. Uh, Josh, what about you? Overall thoughts on the series? Uh, pretty fantastic series um, that does so many things perfect that it makes the things it doesn't do perfect stand out even more. Also, it needed three more episodes. Okay. Right. Or, or, or to drop a storyline, one of the two. You'd need three, three more episodes or you drop Walker, the Flag Smashers, or Zemo. But I think all three of those. Bit too much? Bit too much. Okay. I got you. Well, actually. I, uh, I would drop out of those three. Flag Smashers? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. 
Hmm. Okay, well, that actually leads to to my next question, which was, was there any issues that you have with the series? Um, so, too many storylines, you think, Josh? Well, the pro- so the, the main issue I have is that, um, so there's there's a rumor going around that this there was a longer version of this series that deals with a pandemic-like event, which, <laughs> in my opinion, like... If, if that's true, it actually makes me feel like a little weird about Disney because, like, Disney at this point is playing with such house money that they could do, like, you know, pretty much just about anything they want, and mm. they're going to get away with it. Mm. So the idea of, of, having a, of having a pandemic-like event, uh, particularly dealt with uh, properly, I feel like, you know, I, I don't think anybody would have looked at that and gone, you know, oh, this is in bad taste, particularly if it dealt like with the flag smash the way it's supposed to, because what's supposed to happen, I thought, is that Danya, uh, the woman that is, you know, very important to the story, except we never meet her, we never see her, and she's only in one episode, but she's apparently pretty much the entire motivation for the flag smashers. Um, she dies from the pandemic, apparently, and the, so that explains an entire reason why. Uh, Carly is, you know, straight up murking people, you know, and things like that. And um, without that motivation, the Flag Smashers really become a strange, um, a strange entity because Carly starts off as someone who's, you know, definitely wanting to help people as much as possible. And by the end of it, she's like an all lives matter, you know, uh, <laughs> like person, which is just weird, and I don't know. So I, so the, in, in my opinion, I would have, yeah, I'm like I would have just gotten rid of them all together because the the better story here is is John Walker, um, and uh, and with the Flag Smashers, what you have to do narratively is you have to do things that I absolutely hate uh, in stories like this. One is where you have to have Baron Zemo win. Because uh, Baron Zemo is the winner of this show. Like, I know Cap has, I know Sam has the suit, and I know, you know, Bucky's happy now, but Baron Zemo is the one that gets what he wants. And so there's a, there's a whole, there's a whole analysis of the, of the show that could start with Baron Zemo is the actual protagonist, because he's the one that has something to do, and he's the one that accomplishes what he's supposed to do. And that bugs me. That bugs the, uh, the heck out of me, honestly, because I, I just, I, I don't, I don't like, I don't like um, that, that. That's very Zod. That's mm-hmm. very super Zod. Zod proving Superman wrong. You know, at the end of uh, Superman or Man of Steel, and I just don't like that type of storyline. Um, so, so I do have that, that. That that's and that's a bigger issue. The more I thought about it, you had three more episodes onto this. I think you can deal with that a little easier. But at six episodes, you know, when you're doing a a lot of a lot of stuff, you know, and, and you're you're trying to do this weird like down the middle thing where it's like, yeah, you know the you know the the evil bureaucrats are bad guys, but you know you know the people fighting for their land they're they're pretty extreme too, you know. When you're trying to pull that off of six episodes, it's pretty difficult. And with that, I'll leave the weird John Walker redemption uh, at the end of it to Al because I feel like he has something to say about that. Well, on that note, Al, what do you got? Um, yeah, um, I'll yeah. I'll get to the John Walker thing. Or actually, <laughs> you know what? I'll pass the buck as well because I want to hear Jacob's thoughts on John Walker because Jacob had an excellent video on our Fan of Correspondence YouTube channel, which everybody should go check out if you haven't already. If you have already seen it, you should go watch it again and see how beautifully it's aged um, here in the post-Falcon um, and Winter Soldier world that we're in. 
Um, but um, yeah, I want to. I do. So the prompt was, "What kind of issues we have with the show?" And um, I do want to talk a little bit more about the Flag Smashers. Uh, Josh handled it really well um, about it, um, kind of in general, and how it relates to the rest of the plot points in the show. But I wanted to get um, and focus on a couple of other things as well. Um, so this is this is the probably the first product that I've I've seen so far um, that I can start to tell that it was really um, adversely affected by um, by the pushbacks and the changes that resulted from COVID. Um, you know, as far as as far as things go, as far as like entertainment stuff goes. I mean, obviously, we had a lot of of things pushed back and postponed uh, that um, have yet to come out yet. But um, this was the first real entertainment thing I think that I've gotten that you can really start to see where the pushbacks started to hurt it because. You get into the stuff with the Flag Smashers, and it definitely feels like this show was supposed to go in a slightly different direction with that plot line, and a lot of it kind of got left on the on the cutting room floor just because of what they had to do because of on the pushbacks and the limitations that they had to deal with uh, with COVID, um, but. There is, they run into the problem with the Flag Smashers in general, but really specifically with Carly, where um, they run into this issue where it starts out as the villain is, quote-unquote, villain of the show, is very, very sympathetic and almost to a point because you hear the core of what they do early on and they're just like, well, yeah, a bunch of people are being uh, mistreated. They're being displaced after the blip got reversed um, and things like that. We want to fight for like the rights of these people who are having to handle the fallout of everybody coming back. And like, we want to make sure that, you know, they're respected, that they're looked after, that they aren't just being abandoned. And up to this point, it seems that they are being abandoned in the world. Um, and you have this really sympathetic premise of the villains. And it and it's almost so sympathetic to the point that in the, in the larger scheme of the show, you start to not really care about it. Um, because it's almost at the point of just like, oh, okay, well, yeah, sure. I hope a, a satisfactory thing comes out with the Flag Smashers and Carly and all that good stuff. But, like, I mean, we've got Zemo coming out of jail, hanging out with our boys. <laughs> we've got the John Walker stuff going on. We've got Isaiah um, revealed to be <laughs> another super soldier from the past. Uh, we've got all kinds of stuff. Um, and so it starts to get to the point where you kind of 
their lot at the beginning is so sympathetic that you kind of stop caring about it. Um, and then that's like kind of flipped on its head because you get to the last couple episodes and suddenly with Carly, who up to this point, like had, had done fine overall. I think that actress is a really good actress. Um, I don't think uh, this was her best role uh, that she's ever done by any means. Um, because up to this point, she has a really, really good scene with Sam where Sam goes in and tries to talk her down. And that's a great scene. Other than that, I, I did not get anything from Carly almost this entire show until the very end where she was just like, screw it. We die. They die. Everything gets destroyed because this is what I'm about. And you compare that to, hey, we got to make sure these people are taken care of and their rights are being respected and they aren't just being abandoned to like, screw it. Let's just kill the whole state of Utah as long as our, <laughs> as long as our stuff gets recognized. <laughs> and it's such, it's such a, it's such a whiplash inducing switch. There's an Iron Man two reference for anyone paying attention. Um, it's such a, it's such a wild switch in tone with the antagonist that up to this point, you kind of forget as the antagonist of the show to the point where, as I was watching this with uh, my wife and with my friends who we watched it with every week around episode two or three, I got kind of confident and I was just like, Oh, flag smashers are like not going to turn out to be important in the show at all. This is going to be like all about Zemo and what he's doing and the schemes he's hatching. Like this is going to very quickly turn into a Zemo show. The flag smashers are just kind of going to be in the background. And I was right up to like episode five. (laughs) I was completely right about that. And then it kind of feels like the writers were just like, Oh, I guess we got to tie up the flag smasher thing. This is a really complicated plot point to tie up in two episodes well, we better turn Carly into a psychopath in order to to give us a reason to root for the heroes in this fight. Because right now, it kind of seems like two people who are really kind of agreeing with each other are fighting for the interests of, like, these bureaucratic politicians. And it just came off very weird. And, like, it wasn't helped uh, by the fact that, again, other than that scene she had with Sam, I didn't really feel any big thing uh, from Carly um, at all throughout the show. Um, And Zemo is just so good and so distracting um, throughout the rest of the show that you kind of forget about them anyway. Uh, The John Walker stuff is way more interesting, um, had way more people talking about it. So the main, again, what I guess is the main conflict of the show. I still really don't know. I still really don't think the Flag Smashers are the villains of the show, um, except in the most um, blatantly wrote into a corner of six episodes way of thinking about it. Um, But yeah, I was just very, I was very surprised and very confused when the Flag Smashers and Carly suddenly came back into the center of the fray towards the end of the show. I thought, I thought the timing of it was very strange, but um, 
and that's not to say I know I've ranted a bit now, but I like the show overall. I really do. Uh, that was just so confusing and distracting to me. Is that kind mm -hmm. of treatment of, I guess the main villains of the show, even though they don't really feel like that until the last episode. Um, but, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, so I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely do agree with with. I agree with. I see where both of you are coming from. I do definitely agree with both of you. Um, I'm. I don't know. I, I think there's obviously, and I, I, I love the show. I did kind of skip over my part earlier, excuse me, uh, to get right to the second question. I, I love the show overall. I really did. Um, but I think that if you take out the flag smashers, you definitely have a stronger narrative. Um, or or take it or take out Walker or Zemo. I mean, I I'm, I'm kind of with Josh. If you take if you, I think if you have all three of those with just six episodes, I think it's just too much. Um, and that's not to say that anyone that Aaron Kellyman, Daniel Bruhl, and uh, Wyatt Russell all did absolutely fantastic jobs. I'm not saying anything against their performances, but I think that the writing is almost. I, I I think to to call it a whiplash is definitely is definitely a solid uh, not only a solid reference but also the, one of the better ways to describe it, um, especially going from episode four to episode six um, because you don't really see them that much in episode five um, not as much uh, that one focuses way more on Sam and Bucky um, honestly to the I, I would say to the benefit of of the series actually. Um, I almost wish that they had. I I think changing the flag smashers to make them just a purely villainous group um, would have made it would have made it a better show. Like I th or, or if you focused on like Batroc or or something like that, like as m cause an antagonist to have all three parties heading that way, because I. And admittedly, that might just be because I don't want to lose any of the fantastic moments between Sam, Bucky, and Zemo. I will readily admit that. Um, but I think that them having to team up with him and then him kind of turning on them actually was one of the better parts of the series. Although I understand the the want to not prove him right. I definitely get that. Um, but I think that I really like the the idea of Zemo... Zemo being this this very conniving villain that is really hard to foil in that sense, um, and I think that if you have this, I think that if if you had a stronger antagonist or a stronger antagonistic force, really, to to have all three of these part or all these parties heading towards, I think I think it would be a stronger narrative, definitely. Um, so yeah, I mean, no, I definitely, I definitely do agree with you on that. Um, but, but as for John Walker, um, as as I stated in my video, see, so so the video that he's referencing, if you guys don't know, is titled "Why I Love John Walker." Um, but the reason I love John Walker is because he is the worst, um, and uh, he doesn't really change that much, um, in, in my opinion. Um, even even in his redemption arc, you know. I I don't see him as becoming a strong hero. I I really don't. I don't. There won't. I don't think there will be like a 
U.S. agent film where he, you know, where he's the lead or anything like that. I think instead it's going to be something more akin to he's. I mean, he, in, in my opinion, he's going right back to to where he left. Like he's not, he's not. Whenever he has his big moment where he's calling out the the government officials when he says, "You made me," and I did everything that you all asked of me. That's exactly where he is at the end of that. I don't think that he's any sort of leader or anything like that. I think he's once again just a, he's the U.S. agent. That's a it's the it's the best name for him, and it's it's what he is. Um, I think he gets a redemption because, or I think he gets to look like it's a redemption moment because instead of being, instead of just focusing so much on wanting to kill the flag smashers, he chooses to actually save some people, which I mean I guess makes him a little bit better, but. That's only because, to, to like, like what you said, that's just because the flag smashers just start randomly trying to kill, randomly, like I don't know, burn them alive inside a van, see what happens, you know? Like they, they, they go all out. It, it's not like, it's not, it's not just like a small thing. Like oh, we, we, we might kill a few. No, it's we're, we're like, like they're they gonna die and they're gonna die badly. What kind of kind of thing? Um, but even I think even the show kind of goes to show you that it isn't a full redemption because there's a point where Carly says, give him a distraction and they try to light one of the vans on fire and Bucky stops and saves them. The exact same moment, John looks at the van or one similar uh, or one of the, one of the other vans and they're screaming and he doesn't go to save them. He instead follows the flag smashers. I think there's a very. In- I thought it was very intentional, and I and I, and I, th- I think that's what they were going for, um, to show the differences in their in their roles and who, and who they are. Um, Bucky wants to do better. Bucky wants to be the hero, while John Walker, especially at that point, is 100% just. For his own self-interest, mm-hmm. he, he gets to quote Abraham Lincoln at the end, too. and he gets to quote Abraham Lincoln at the end. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, which looks great, but even, but even even Bucky, I, I think Bucky said it best when he's like, "Great man, great quote." And Bucky's like, "Not when it's said by you," you know, like as they walk off in the sunset together. I just don't think I just don't see it that way. Like, here's the thing: the fact the the very fact that we can see it that way is a problem to me. That's fair. So, like, the, he... So, so do you want him to completely disavowed and just to become, like, a pure villain? Yes. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, okay. absolutely I did. Well, I'll tell you what, after episode four, what did you think was going to happen? Uh, well, I, I I thought that the... What on the shield, Jake? What, what, what did you think was going to happen I, after that? I thought that the arc from... I thought that the opening to episode five was going to be the rest of the series. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I thought it would be. See, there's a... I, don't, I normally don't like to, like... Uh, explain what I think a better story would be because I'm not a writer and I think these guys are better than us. But there's a better version of the story that's very, very light on the Flag Smashers. In fact, makes them basically faceless where it's Sam and Bucky in between John Walker representing the GRC or whatever and the Flag Smashers. That's the better version of the story. Mm -hmm. That's the one that needs to be happening. And instead what they attempt to do because, you know, Republicans like Disney, too, they wanted to say, well, you know, everybody's bad. See, both sides are horrible, and so we have to have a moderating influence. And that's fine. I get that. That's absolutely, I think that's perfectly fine, you know, if you want to, you know, if, for something that's marketed 
for a wide range of age, like, you know, from age seven to 77, like these things are. But when you do that, just know that you're limiting your story and having John Walker come back in and, you know, basically fight alongside Sam and, and Bucky when they've just had a brutal fight where he has to take the shield from him forcefully. Also, also where he lies to everybody afterwards about what actually happened. And he lies to everybody. You know, he tells uh, Lamar's uh, family that, yeah, that was the guy that killed him mm-hmm. when it wasn't, you know. Um, that's just, uh, to me, you know, you're, you're, you're sending mixed signals at that point. Mm-hmm. Which you also, once again, is something that I think gets fixed if you have about three more episodes. That, that, that is definitely, that is definitely true. Uh, that I, I definitely wanted more. I will readily admit that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely do understand that. You know, I, I am intrigued to see where his character goes from here. I kind of think, of course you have the, you have the, uh, dude, this is Thunderbolts. The theory that it, it, they're, it, it, they're leading to a Thunderbolt. You're going to see at the end of Black Widow, you're going to see Thunderbolt Ross with Taskmaster. Mm. Okay, and this the Julie Lou, Julie Dreyfus character Val or whatever uh, is a liaison for the Thunderbolts, and he'll be he'll be the Captain America of the Thunderbolts. I mean that's 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 what's going to happen, you know. I mean there's you know it's pretty solid. Yeah. It's pretty solid. I'm sorry. Yeah, solid. Yeah, but I mean that could lead to Avengers versus Thunderbolts kind of storyline. I mean it probably could. I mean mm. that's fine, but but. Even when you do that, you're going to have to look back at this moment where John Walker showed up to help your two your your two pure superheroes, and that just bothers me, you know. And you're also going to have to look back at this moment where you know we all love Baron Zemo, that that scamp, you know. He's yeah, you know, he's funny. He does a funny dance. He also cold blooded murders a bunch of people that we are probably thinking are what 18, 16, 18 years old, probably. You yeah. know. So I mean, you know. It, 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 it's, it's a weird it's a weird mixed signal thing that happens in this show towards the really just in episode six you know um because they want to have they want to have everything they want to force all this stuff in there um and they just didn't have to give it the time to breathe in my opinion you know and i'm just i'm just not as you know i'm just I, i've read way and I, i've read way too many you know Baron Zemo. he's you know he's the thing that makes him interesting as a villain is that actually he's right, you know. And like we've had, you know, I mean, the the, the Baron Zemo character cannot be right after Endgame. That's like true. that character yeah. cannot be correct, you know. When you've had, you know, a psychotic god show up, you know, and end half of the universe, Baron Zemo does not get to go after that. Go, you know, when you have powers, you're a supremacist. You know, he doesn't get to do that mm-hmm. after that. And to me, that, you know, and but once again, he's right at the end of this show. You know, and that and that that just bothers me. Okay, well, <clears throat> which then leads me to this, okay? Do you even think he's right if but even Sam and Bucky have power? But I don't think I don't consider them supremacists, and I don't think he would either. I mean, I think he might, but I mean he considers Bucky. I mean, yeah, because Bucky's a product of Hydra. Yeah, but Bucky chooses to do something better than that, though. He's Bucky. I mean, sure, yeah, okay, you know. And he even says, you know, Steve Rogers was different, you know. But I'm, I'm just saying, I, look, I, I'm just, I'm just telling you, 
you know, at the, at the end of the day, and, and, and it, it's the superhero serum or whatever, you know, is, is, is fine. And that, by the way, that's another MacGuffin. It just gets straight up short hanged right mm-hmm. there, you know? Um, but I'm just saying, you know, the, the idea that your, your villain is ultimately correct is very hard to pull off, uh, in a, in a, in a way that makes sense. And, and I don't like that. Because I mean, because like the, the the most elegant version of this is Black Panther, where you're like, yeah, you know, I, I see where Killmonger's coming from. Killmonger also wants to kill what appears to be about a third to half the world. So, you know, I get where he's coming from, but I'm also really hoping T'Challa stops him. You don't really get that with Baron Zemo. With Baron Zemo, you get I just killed a bunch of teenagers who were trying to feed the world. You know, because they took a drug and I'm going to smirk at the camera at the end because I did a funny dance once. And like that just that kind of thing kind of bugs me. And so that's a, yeah. And, and, and it's it's, you know, it, it like I said, it's something that I think could be fixed if if it all this stuff is fixed. If you don't have to force all this stuff in here, mm. because at the end of the day, what they're doing with the show is they're dealing with. Uh, they're dealing with uh, income inequality. They're dealing with uh, classes, classism. Okay. Then you've also got racism you have to deal with. Then you've got this PTSD thing uh, that you're dealing with with uh, Bucky, mm. you know. Uh, and you've also got the PTSD plus the concept of the military industrial system with John Walker. You've got those five huge concepts that you're dealing with in six episodes. And then you throw in Baron Zemo's, you know, like, well, there should be no superpowers thing, you know, cause we've got to, we got to, you know, have that character in here. And you throw all six of those in into a six episode. Oh, I don't, I don't know how, I, I really don't know how you would pull that off. in a. it's really honestly about as elegant a way as I could have pulled it off hmm. because there's really no way to pull that off correctly with six episodes. That's fair. That's definitely fair. Yeah. Well, okay, we've been, we've, the first half of this has been pretty dour, um, you know, and, 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 and fairly so. So, so let, let's talk about something that we, did, that we did enjoy instead. So, Al, what were your thoughts, what did you think about Sam's kind of evolution in this, and from giving up the shield to then finally becoming Captain America at the end? What, what were your thoughts on Sam this season? I don't want to talk about things I liked. I want to be angry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to be mad. Um, however, don't let me forget, there is a character I want to ask you guys about um, at the end of the podcast. Um, but um, so don't, don't let me forget that. Everybody at home who's listening to this, if we forget, then at me on Twitter, and we'll address it in the next podcast. Yes, um, but um, um, for Sam, I mean, yeah, S- Sam, I mean... Obviously, I loved um, everything that they did um, with Hucky um, in this show. You know, the other half of um, the titular characters. But, um, I mean, this felt like it was very much Sam's show. I mean, it felt like this was a story primarily about him and about... Um, the journey that he had to take in figuring out, you know, was he really worthy of the shield? 
what would accepting the shield and being the new Captain America mean for him, for his family, for, you know, his place in society and everybody else who might uh, um, react to it. Um, it's, I mean, I just thought it was incredibly well done. Um, I'll be the first to say and acknowledge this, that, you know, this is a discussion of a show that very much handled a lot of of questions and issues of racism. Um, and this is a discussion being had by three... <laughs> by you know three very chill and try to be very informed but three very white dudes um so so take everything we say about it with like a grain of salt and confer with other um content creators as as well they probably have a bit more of a background in the area to talk about it but um um i thought sam's arc was very beautifully done um there's a uh, there's something i like uh, to talk about when it comes to characters and on the various arcs and stories they have and it's this question of um and you don't encounter it as much anymore but it's this question of should every character have an arc that's that's essentially um a retelling of spider-man oh more where should every character have an arc where they have to question if what they're doing is really the right thing, if their if their persona or if their role as a s- superhero or vigilante or what have you um, is really the right thing for them and for the world. Um, and I think that it is a story that's a little bit overused a lot of the time. Um, I don't even enjoy it. Uh, very often when it's used for Spider-Man himself. Um, But, and I do think that there are characters who should not ever have that kind of arc just because of the character that they are. Um, I think that um, the Punisher is one character who benefits from not ever having that kind of self-questioning arc in his stories. Um, However, I thought it was really that kind of character arc was really well handled in this for Sam and that Sam has to consider, you know, is this the best thing for me and my family who, um, you know, trying to take care of, you know, is this the best thing? How is this going to affect the perceptions of who Captain America is and should that stuff even play a part in my decision to, to have the shield or not have the shield. Um, and I think it's really hard to talk about uh, Sam's arc without talking about um, John Walker as well, because you have a character who shows up and we really see the potential for what can happen when you don't have a legitimately good pure individual step into that role where you have to turn and look elsewhere for somebody to be who um who the country is and who the country needs um one thing um that i saw about the show um 
Um, I wish I knew who said it, but it was um, a tweet I found um, uh, following episode four that said that um, the arcs of John Walker and and Sam um, resonate with people so well. And that is because, you know, we, we want to believe that we are Steve and Sam, right? That's the person, that's the carrier of the shield that America really wants to see themselves as, are these pure good characters like Sam and Steve. However, especially over the last few years, it's been made so painfully obvious that the reality is that we're John. Um, and I thought that that was such a good, important analysis of those themes. And then to see that come full circle in the full episode where Sam has fully embraced the shield, has fully embraced the role and everything that it means for the country, for a black man to have the stars and stripes. I thought that was such a good, um, a good endpoint of that arc as well. Um, for him to be like, you know, um, I'm not Steve. Me being Captain America is going to mean a lot of different things to people compared to when Steve was Captain America and compared to when John was Captain America. But, you know, that's who he chooses to be. Um, and, and taking that responsibility and taking on that role says so much about Sam's character in in so many ways i thought sam's arc was just overall handled really really well absolutely um no i mean i i definitely agree with you um pretty much to a t um one of the things that i i loved actually about it was that that they really showcased was that sam is very clearly not steve you know, he's very, very different in the way that he handles things. Not, And, of course, naturally you say that and then someone's like, well, yeah, he has wings. No, that's not what I mean. Like, even in the way that he approaches situations is very, very different. Um, I think one of my favorite parts of the show was his big speech at the end um, because it's it's his Captain America speech. It's very – it's, but it's not a Steve Rogers speech. It's not a big – holier than holier than thou which i know steve rogers is not but he's always he's the ideal he's he's the number one sam is very much more so a man of the people he's he's right there with them um and that's and i think that's something that is very is just very different i think that's something that you know i think that's something that that is definitely needed right now um i kind of i kind of viewed him taking the shield and his arc in this Similarly to the way that Josh described uh, Ellie's journey in The Last of Us uh, Part Two spoiler cast, whereas if if this came out before 2020, I I think it would have been good, but I think that because his storyline is being told in a post 2020 and in 2021, I I, th- I think it's I think it's great. I think it's one of the better I think it's one of the better performances and written aspects of, of the story uh really just out there um and, and and i and i absolutely cannot wait to see what they do with captain america 4 and going forward um supposedly this has already been greenlit for a season two i personally would like like it to be kind of like the in between so you have falcon and winter soldier season one then captain america 4 and then falcon and winter soldier season two and then so on 
that would be my preference. Um, I don't know if that's the way they're going to go. Um, but and, and 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 I'm not sure. I, I thought it had been greenlit for a second season. I could be wrong about that. Um, but I know Captain America Four is a death, and I know they they Marvel themselves announced that one. But uh, but jo- uh, Josh, what do you what did you think about Sam's arc in this in this story? I have one major issue with Sam in this story. Really, uh, one, and that's that he should have owned Batrock. Okay, and I mean just like put him down hard. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and by the way, by the you're laughing, but I'm that's not the I'm not the only person that has said that. That's fair. There's a there's a trajectory that comes with, you know, you've got a training montage, you've got, and here's the thing, he gets a really, in my opinion, a really cool uh, rescue of that plane where he takes the guy out with the with the shield and, then, mm-hmm. you know, gets the, says, this is going to have to happen in five seconds. That's really cool. That being said, Batrock should have gone down hard. Um, and to me, I understand they're trying to do this, you know, Sam's the everyman. He doesn't take the super serum. But, you know, if he's Captain America, you know, the last time Batrock fought a Captain America, he went down hard, you know, like wasn't even fair. And so that that to me, that's the only real complaint I have about Sam in this show. Um, I want, you know, I, I don't want a season two because I think this Captain America should be the movie star going forward. Um, you know, the Captain America force, you know, is supposedly going to be all about Sam Wilson and it should be. You should be the head of the Avengers, all that stuff. These are all things that should happen uh, going forward. So I don't think there needs to be a season two. But other than the uh, Batrock scene, I don't have any any real complaints about him. I thought everything uh, was uh, was really well done. Um, I know there's like, <laughs> I did read uh, Justin Charity on, on the Ringer uh, talk about the fact that like there was, uh, he was a little bothered that, um, there was something about um, that he didn't like the fact that he had to give up uh, his previous Falcon identity to be uh, Captain America. And uh, that kind of shocked me because Justin Charity's kind of into nerd stuff. And so I, I would say, although I, I understand where that complaint's coming from, I also think there's a lot of, with Disney, um, a lot of, uh, at this point, where they're trying to make a storyline work that honestly was the most controversial storyline probably of the last 10, 15 years that didn't involve Captain America literally being a Nazi, <laughs> but where, you know, Sam Wilson takes up the shield. Uh, I, I think we've kind of forgotten, you know, how much backlash that had, mm. you know, um, you know, you had that and you had Jane Foster Thor happening at the exact same time. And both of those were met with very serious ugliness and um you know and then like jane foster's thor you know kind of worked its kinks out but the sam wilson as captain america never really got off off the ground Mm -hmm. Uh, it was pretty much you know retconned about a year after it about a year year and a half after it happened and uh so you know like where i i can understand this idea of like you know giving a previous identity and particularly where where that um you know where that might uh be something that's a little triggering to African-American uh, viewers. But I will say that this was a, in my opinion, a, a pretty, pretty powerful moment, if for no other reason than telling, um, I don't know how powerful it is to 
to the African-American viewers, but I do know it's a powerful moment in telling a lot of the, you know, white uh, comic book readers and viewers uh, that, yeah, we're going, you know, a, a black man can represent as Captain America. And uh, that brings me right back again to he should just beat the hell out of Batrock, you know. So, but anyway. That's, no, that, that's absolutely fair. Um, I hadn't, I actually hadn't really thought about it like that. Um, I think I, I mentioned this before we started recording. Um, I think I was so in the moment of just enjoying Sam just doing things, just being Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, that I was just there. I, me, me and Jenny both, we, we had reactions to Sam coming through the window the same way that we did when Steve lifted Mjolnir, you know? Um, and, and, and I, and I still do. I, I rewatched that episode just to see, just to see him as Captain America, just flying. He's got the suit. The suit looks perfect. Like it's, oh, it looks so good. And he's just so awesome. You know, like I, I, I think that's kind of my, one of my few issues when watching things like this is I get so, so much into just the enjoyment of it happening that I don't really think about some of the other things. And so I, I hadn't really thought about that Batrock should have just gone down immediately, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely see where you're coming from on that. Um, so what, okay. So, uh, what about Bucky? What, what are, what are our thoughts on Bucky and his arc in this? Josh, we'll, we'll go ahead and start with you. We'll go back around. What, what do you think of Bucky as, as a character in this show? I think, um, like I said, I do think it is Sam's show, but I think Bucky is, <laughs> it's almost a near perfect representation of what he needs to be. Um, I, the, the one, you know, of course the title changes at the end, Captain America and Winter Soldier at the end, you know, that's, they say, you know, that's cause he's gone from Falcon to Captain America. Mm-hmm. Kind of wish he'd gone to White Wolf, you know? Um, but there is a, uh, there is a thought process behind, you know, the fact that, you know, the winter soldier is, you know, he's, he's trying to own what own up to what that is mm-hmm. and what he's done. Um, you know, I, you know, Bucky gets a lot of the, uh, but Bucky's interesting because he gets, he gets a lot of the emotion from Steve. That's a little different than what Sam has to deal with because, you know, very early on, with Bucky, it's like, you know, if you weren't supposed to have the shield, then maybe Steve was wrong about me. Because Bucky's entire trajectory ever since Civil War has been, I'm not totally sure I'm worth all this, you know. And he carries around a lot of guilt for what he's done and, and all those things. And um, I think Sebastian Stan does a really good job of, of show, you know, of carrying that weight, really. And... Um, you know, and, and I just, you know, Bucky, um, Bucky's just, uh, uh, he, he's just an interesting character all the way around because, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that one of the, one of the tire tropes that could have been really, really tiresome. And I remember when this, when this show was announced and I was like, please don't do this. But one of the tiresome tropes that could have happened is, you know, Bucky and Sam, uh, disagreeing on who should have the shield. And like, I'm just, I, I, you know, when, when Bucky takes the show from John Walker and just walks over and gives it to Sam, to me, that's, that, that was one of the better parts of the, uh, the entire show because, you know, uh, you know, Bucky never attains to that. And that's, that's, that's an interesting aspect of, you know, and, and then, and, you know, there's a, there's a sense where, 
you know, Sam, I, I realize that in a lot of ways we're supposed to see Sam and John Walker as like the two ends of the spectrum, but really John Walker and Bucky are the two ends of the spectrum because they're both, you know, war machines created uh, to just kill. Okay. That's what they are. And um, they're nothing more than that. And the only difference is that, you know, Bucky is trying to be more than that and John Walker isn't. And that's a that's a really interesting uh, interplay between those two. Um, and, and I think it's one of the reasons why Bucky, you know, <laughs> Bucky says in the first or uh, second episode, like, we need to just go take the shield from him, mm. you know, because he understands really quickly. And, you know, they play it off as laughs. But, you know, thinking back on it, I mean, you know, Bucky understands what John Walker is for John Walker even does before Sam does. And so that kind of, you know, wisdom and uh, intelligence that Bucky has, um, even as someone who is, who is, you know, has very serious mental issues, I thought it was really interesting uh, how the show uh, portrayed that. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Al, what, what were your thoughts on Bucky throughout the season? Yeah. Um, uh, Josh, actually, I um, appreciate uh, your ending there with um, on the idea of Bucky and having, you know, the, um, the psychological side of his character. Because that's actually what um, I wanted to jump on for this part um this is not a scripted podcast but that worked out really well um <laughs> is that um is that uh after that first episode there was a lot of people who um talked about um the therapy scene um in that show uh with hucky and his therapist um i basically how everybody hated um, his therapist and how there were a lot of fan theories that his therapist was actually a Hydra agent and things like that. Um, uh, wh- which, I mean, with all the stuff that was cut from the show, who, who knows? That might have actually been something going on somewhere. But um, um, I do want to talk about that, though, and I want to talk about that side of, of his character. Um, first of all, real quick as somebody with um, a graduate degree in psych um i do want to comment on that scene um and what she does there that is an actual um school of therapy um it's psychotherapy um um something called reality therapy um and uh, it, it focuses on the idea of just being um, uh, very direct, being very much um, aggressive in a lot of ways in f- forcing the client or the patient to take um, accountability and responsibility of what they're doing and what um, they're talking about, even in the session and staying on track. So that is a school of therapy that's used sometimes. Um, however, also a note that's not me um, sticking up for the therapist because that form of therapy is not typically used for people with PTSD and other types of um, other types of stress or trauma based disorders. So that was not the best approach. Actually, everybody was right, but as usual, they were right for the wrong reasons, and so they weren't really right, which is my f- 
favorite thing to say. Um, anyway, <laughs> all that passed. Um, uh, he is a character who you really, you have to talk about him in the context of, uh, of what he's done, but also in his journey and his striving to, to move past what he's done um, and grow as a person. Um, I'm surprised it hasn't come up yet, but I think possibly the best line in the entire show is when um, Hucky and Sam are hashing it out and Hucky says, you know, if Steve was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me. Um, And the way that that really conveys that, you know, the idea of Sam as Captain America, it could mean a lot of things to a lot of different kinds of people um but arguably one of the main people that that sam being captain america would mean a lot to is hucky barnes is um this idea that you know as important as steve was and as iconic and good as steve was that steve doesn't have to be a a one-time ever fluke. We just happen to find the right guy to be Captain America. On um, the fact that Bucky sees Sam as somebody who's able to rise above and is able to to meet the expectations, um, albeit not in exactly the same way, and be exactly the same kind of Captain America that Steve was but be his own version of the character who is still good and who is still significant to what people need. Um, you know, as much as this show is a Sam show, um, um, a lot of the times it felt like Hucky was the one who stood to lose or gain the most from how Sam's journey went. Um and I just thought it was a really great depiction of someone really trying to struggle with figuring out what their new identity is and how to rise above and process their trauma and use it as a way to to rechannel the things that are important to them um, in healthier ways. Um, I just thought that that was great. I mean, the MCU so far has a has a pretty good track record of how they depict these cases of of trauma and illness and the different kinds of psychological journeys that their characters take. And I thought that um, he was just another excellent example of that in this show. Um, even with his, his ill-suited therapist uh, um, that he had, I still thought it was a really a great depiction of that. Uh, definitely. I mean, you, you both, you both touched on my favorite aspects of Bucky, uh, in this, which was like you, like you, you both had used the quote, um, and it's my favorite line of the show as well, uh, is if Steve was wrong about you, then maybe he was wrong about me. Um, because I I think it was really interesting seeing someone else write these characters for the first time. Um, because this is the first time that anyone has written them when they, in, in film at least, that they weren't written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. Um, 
and I actually rewatched uh, the first the first two Captain Americas, the uh, first Avenger Winter Soldier, um, while the show was going on, and it was interesting seeing just how one they have grown as characters, but at the same time, like their development has never really changed. Their trajectory hasn't really changed as much. Um, and, and with with Bucky especially, because like like Josh had said, you know, ever since Civil War, he's basically been in this mindset of "Am I really worth it?" And you know, and with and and like you said, with due with due to the PTSD and having to really battle his own inner demons, as tiresome as tired as that phrase is, um, you know, but he but that's what he's having to do. He's having to confront these these things that he has done in the past. Um, I remember watching the first episode and it actually took me a while to figure out how his winter soldier scene and him in the little sushi shop and everything tied together. And then right before it, it, it was, it was kind of interesting right before they showed the pictures when I made the connection of, Oh, like, you know, it's, it's that moment of, Oh, that's, that's what happened. Um, you know, and it's just, I, I don't know, man. Like they, they, they do such a good job with writing him. And of course, Sebastian Stan just brings, everything to that role i mean if if he does nothing else in his life and he just keeps playing winter soldier until he's old and gray i'm i'm down and and i would and i would still consider him one of the better actors of all time like i wouldn't i'd be like yeah it's a solid career you know yeah no he he's fine leave sebastian stand alone let him play bucky more you know like um the i one one of the one of the better scenes of, of the entire show is of course the um when io is breaking the uh the the mind control breaking the words off of him basically um and one i i liked it really well because it showed the connection that he and her had as well as it showed i i would love i would love an entire series just based on his times in wakanda because i because i i know and i know that maybe like any fights happen to would literally just be just him battling his ptsd and learning how to become who he's supposed to be but all the same, like I just I, I'd I'd watch I'd watch eight episodes of that absolutely, you know. Um, but I just I just I just love Bucky so much in this series. Um, so next question: What was uh, what was the biggest surprise for you all in this in this series? I, th- I think this is probably going to be close to, close to the end. What was the what was a was there any big surprises that really that really took you? Uh, Josh, we'll start with you. Was there any really kind of big things that you didn't really see coming? Uh, John Walker going that far was probably the biggest surprise. Yeah, but like I said, I already discussed that. I gotcha. But yeah, that's that's probably the biggest one. I gotcha. Al, what about you? Was there any big things for you? Um, in terms of surprise, I'm not sure there was anything that like was really big that i had that had me go oh wow i can't believe that um i was kind of surprised that things ended so i don't know i guess calmly is a word um in her term in terms of um zemo and his character um i was really expecting um that show to end with zemo being kind of like free in the wind to go and hatch more schemes and um, as josh has already 
talked about, he did have um, a final scheme with how um, he disposed of the Flag Smashers um, from the raft. Um, but I'd say that was the part that kind of surprised me the most is that, I don't know, I guess in general, I just expected Zemo to play a bigger part than what he did. And he did play a big part, but have a bigger part than what he did and have something kind of set him up more for things in the future of the MCU. I was kind of expecting, but I'd say that'd be about it. Yeah. I guess so. See, for, for me, and I, I don't know if this was announced. I don't know if I dismissed this um, or if it was and I just completely forgot about it. I, I did not know Isaiah Bradley was going to be a part of the show at all. Like, mm-hmm. so, so, and I don't know, was that announced like beforehand? Did anyone else know? Was I the only one who did not know that that was happening? No, I don't think it was announced or anything, no. Okay, so... Because whenever whenever Bucky is like, I've got something to show you, and they go to, or I've got someone for you to meet, and they go to that house, I was like, who is he going to, like, and then Elijah comes to the door, and, and I was like, are they doing, Isaiah? I was like, are they doing Isaiah? Is that what's about to happen? And then, of course, he shows up, and I was like, oh, like, because that's a, that's one of my favorite storylines, um, I mean, of course, that's as heartbreaking as it is in the comics. Um, but I just i i was I was very very pleased with the way they with the way they handled that. Um, in the comics, it ends up in a much more tragic area, um, to where the super soldier serum uh, the super soldier serum. Um, super Soldier Serum. Super Soldier Serum. Basically, unfo- unfortunately, when Steve finally finds him and finally finds out about him, he effectively has the mind of a child at that point. Um, but, but to, but to the credit of it, um, his wife um, point, points out that he he looks happier than he's ever been. Um, whenever Steve shows up, because Steve gives him his old Captain America suit, uh, the one that had been ripped, and so it's it's a it's a, it's it's a bittersweet moment more so in the comics. I think this one works a lot better with Sam, um, and I'm glad they changed it up um, because I, I think because like a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the same story beats are the same of you know he was of uh, of he was a uh, he was experimented on, much like the the uh, the Tuskegee. How, how do you say? It? Is it Tus- Tuskegee? Tuskegee? Tuskegee Airmen? Yeah, thank you. Um, and uh, and all the, all the others die horrible deaths, uh, which is it's 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 awful. Like the the comic is rough to get through. If you if you ever look up the comic, it's Truth, um, red, uh, black, red and white. I think is what it's called. Um, and it's really, really good, but man, it is hard to get through. Um, but I really, I really enjoyed what they did with, with Isaiah in this. Um, there was never a point where, and, and of course, ta- talking about I'm I, Al, I'm glad you, you and Josh both brought it up before, uh, before I did. You know, what, whatever we say is, of course, with a little bit of a grain of salt because once again, we are, you know, three 
open-minded, but we are still three white guys talking about this. Um, there was never a point where I felt that Isaiah was really being a malicious person. I think that he genuinely felt that hurt and that pain from everything that had happened to him. I think there was a there was a part of him that genuinely did not want Sam to have to go through that the same way. Um, and I, especially, you don't get that as early in the earlier episodes, but I think you definitely do in episode five when he when he's showing when he's telling about his origin, you know, and they, and of course it's you know I think it's Carl Lumley I think is how you say his last name, uh, and he's just once again uh, the same way as Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie's bringing everything to the role, and Anthony Mackie is just kind of just sitting there, you know, while he is delivering what what I hope is going to be a uh, an Emmy nominated performance. Um, where he is explaining his origin and everything, and I just, I, I love that they included him in this, and I, and of course I love the the finale with now the entire country will will always remember what you did, you know, because it's because it's a very, once again it's it, it's a and and our our favorite TikToker I don't know her name it's Nicole Marina I think it's her how you say it I don't, I don't know I could be wrong. Um, but she already pointed this out, is that the reason that Bucky was most likely hanging on to it is that Steve, as good of a person as he is, you know, probably would have handled that wrong and probably would have been, like, kicking down government doors and everything to to get this man, like, awards and recognition for everything that he did. And that's very clearly what Isaiah does not want. Um, and I think that, once again, Sam is not Steve, and so Sam handles it in the way that it deserves to be handled. And so instead, he gives him a monument and just allows him to keep his quiet life while still being recognized as the hero that he was. Um, and also, I love the fact that we're that we're getting uh, a lot, uh, Eli Bradley as well, and uh, hashtag Young Avengers. Let's 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 get him going. We've already got Kate Bishop and Stasher on the way, and you know that's uh, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm all in, um, but yeah. Uh, okay, so and ending closing thoughts. Any anything that we haven't touched? Oh, uh, who, who do you want to talk about? Oh yes, yes, the, yes. The one character. See, I remember you. You did remember, yeah. <laughs> Look at you. you. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Josh. Um, yeah. So how did how did you feel? I'm going to frame it in as neutral a space as possible um how did y'all feel what did y'all think about um Aaron carter in this show show your thoughts on sharon first, first thing jake has to say is who called it god, and, and when did i call it god there's a lot in this show there is so much in six but, episodes. No, no, go on. Give, okay, give, okay. give, give John right. credit. So when did I call it? Okay. So like immediately after she episode showed up? three. Okay. They go to Madripoor. Uh Sam is just you know, he, he's got like the coolest suit ever, you know, just I mean, homeboy can get it, like at that point. Let's let's just let's just get that statement out there. Um, you know, Things go haywire. They're talking about this mysterious power broker that no one has seen. Sharon shows up on the scene, and Josh just like he's just you know sitting on the couch, just you know over in the corner, just yeah. Sharon's a power broker. Yeah, yeah. Sharon's totally the power broker. Which 
Then, of course, like, it's... For those of you who haven't kept up with us bickering, or if this is one of our early, earlier things that you've seen from us, we hate it when Goth is right. Mm-hmm. Um, because he is the the worst kind of person when it comes to being right. Um, gratefully, the, gratefully, it so rarely happens we don't usually have to deal with it. But. That, that, is, that is true. Oh, that is God. true. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the, the humility does not, does not really uh, come into play too often when, when, when Josh is right about something. Um, but, uh, but that's why he is named the wise sage, which is just a humble name in its own right. The main reason that, um, that, that, that I like to, um, discuss or, or talk about how I was right about that particular thing really doesn't have anything to do with uh, you or, or Al or Jake or it doesn't really have anything to do with that. But there were so many bad takes after that episode. Uh, and, I, and I do want to bring this up. I know I, we can talk about Sharon, but there were so many bad takes after that episode that I read where it was like, you mean to tell me Sharon couldn't get a pardon? And I'm like, and I'm sitting there going, Sharon has all of the ability. You know, she's a secret agent. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if half, and Carter, yeah, and if she's around when half of the world is just disappeared, who better would know how to take advantage of that situation? Particularly someone who who at that point is probably like, yeah, I don't really want to deal with the American government anymore anyway, you know. And that's how I always saw her anyway. I mean, like this is someone who literally, you know, lost everything because she was trying to help Captain America. So, like, it, it made perfect sense to me. And there were all these bad takes, like how was just Marvel not thinking ahead and that kind of thing. And I just want to make this statement. Going forward, with all of these shows, you know, and, and I realize that TV reviewers aren't used to doing this, but you have to treat these like comic book arcs. And what that means is that you have to wait and see where it goes before you can fully judge it. Because you can't judge this show on episode three without knowing what happened at the end of episode six. And that's why, you know, understanding. And I think, I actually think Marvel even knew that was coming and made it pretty easy to see she was a power broker. She shows up right after that one girl gets shot in the head. She just randomly shows up. She's <laughs> like, oh, hey, hey, guys, I didn't know y'all were in Matterport, too. Randomly, I'm here as well. I'm working for someone. I mean, that's really what she does. So, you know, uh, but but just, you know. If, if I'm going to rant about anything, further people that are reviewing this shows, I realize it's hard to get published, and you got to do what you got to do. But it's best to wait until the show is over, you know, to make a judgment call on whether or not a decision is bad or good, because you never know where something is going. That's all I'm going to say. Also, and I, I but I like what they did with Sharon. I think I think it makes perfect sense for her character. I, I do too. Uh, it's it's. There's there's something to be said about when they take certain characters in different directions than, of course, when they do in the comics. I, I think one of the stronger points of the MCU is that it's not so much they're doing fantastic adaptations of the stories, which they are, but they're doing their own fantastic version of the stories. You know, like Civil War is obviously is a great example of this because that storyline is entirely different from what it is in the comics. But I think it works not only uh, – also, I think it kind of works better as the story in general. But it works 
really, really well in the context of the films. And I think that Sharon's arc, I think that there's there might be some people that are out there that are like, oh, well, Sharon would never do that. Sharon's a genuinely good person. And that's true. And in the comics, and in this, I don't, I'm not, I don't even know if she's necessarily a bad person yet. She hasn't done anything, I mean... Shooting Carly wasn't great, but Carly was about to shoot Sam. And killing Batroc just randomly was rough. Yeah, but, I'm going to uh, disagree with you. So at the end of this... Okay, so spoiler alert. At the end of this series, if you haven't watched it, because what Jake just said there makes seem like she might be just a little misunderstood. At the end of this series, she gets back and gets called on oh, yeah. to... Uh, <laughs> uh, gets her old job back and immediately on the steps of the Capitol is like, hey, guys, guess what? <laughs> the toy box is open. We've got state secrets. We've got nuclear codes. Everything's going to be fun now. So, yeah, I think she's probably a pretty bad person. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't know. I don't know where Jake is coming from, but it's okay. I, I, Jake I, I, is I, definitely the Tim Heidecker of this. He doesn't always watch the shows. You know, shut up. Kinda... I, I'm sorry. I had forgotten about the end credit scene for half a second. I do apologize. Um yeah, never mind. Yeah, no, that that, that villain arc's gonna be interesting. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Um, <laughs> it did just seem like I was just like, yeah, here's a two bag. Yeah, she's gonna steal. She's just gonna steal. Kind of that she shot know. Carly. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh goodness. Uh, but I do, I I do like what they're what they're doing with their character. Yeah. Um, and of course, I just and once again, I just. I, I might actually be in love with Emily Van Camp, so I just I I'm always happy to see her again. So yeah, I'm just happy to have Sharon back. Uh, Al, what were your thoughts on her? Since you're the one you're the one who asked. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I got you. I just I agree. I think it makes sense for her character. It'll be interesting to see her uh, pop up again um, in future projects, um, whether it's the movies or the or other shows. Um, I just it struck me. She struck me, the whole reveal struck me as odd, not because it didn't make sense, but I saw people all over the place going like, Sharon's the power broker? <laughs> and I was just like, did did nobody see this coming? <laughs> like, I'm like Josh, I was just like, this seems, this seems like a pretty, seems like a pretty obvious direction that they're they're taking this in and then however sure enough after the last episode i saw videos and articles just going like 19 reasons why sharon carter's reveal as the power broker was the craziest thing marvel's ever ever revealed and i'm just like are you, are you serious is that is that really the, the biggest surprise you've ever seen in the mcu is that she's the power broker i just I wanted y'all's uh, um, opinion on that uh, because to me it was the most. It was such a non-reveal to me mm. that I really didn't care at that point because, like, because I was way more concerned with like, oh, Sam's arc is done. Like, it'll be interesting to see if John Walker shows up again and something else. Like, this will be this is kind of cool that the Sharon um, reveal. And Hook, I was just kind of, it was just like a, a C plot to me or like a D plot that like, I just, I wasn't impressed by it very much because again, it, it felt like a very non-reveal that when I hopped on, on the internet the next day and people were just like, 
the six reasons why this will blow your mind about Carter being <laughs> being the power broker. Just <laughs> number three is gonna make your grandfather have the runs. Like I was just like, what? <laughs> what is wrong with people? Like, are we watching the same show? I just I don't know, that man. Thing. They had that they had that big fight in the uh, you know where she like kills like twenty one people in a row really quickly. You know what I'm talking about? It's like mm-hmm. in the uh, the shipyard or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like so like so so here's the best part about this. Okay, and, like if you didn't know she was the power broker beforehand, like I don't know what to do for you after this. Okay. She she kills all those guys. She she tells you know Sam and Bucky and Zemo where to go or whatever. Okay, and then out of nowhere, a like sixty nine Porsche shows up. Okay, being driven by someone, and she gets right, in the back seat. And she gets in the back seat and is like, "We have to deal with something." And I'm like, "Who do you think? She, like, how how do you not like who has that kind of power?" It's like in it, fairness, it, I I I will admit I was iffy. Uh, in the third episode, because I'm always iffy when Josh uh, says something very, very strongly. Yeah, this is what I do. But in the fourth episode, with like, like when she got, when she got in that car, and you were, like, and she was like, "We have to deal with something." That's when I was like, "Yeah, she's a power broker." Yeah. yeah. I mean, she has like satellites, and like, I mean, like it's just like you know, she's throwing this, cl- she's throwing a party in this club where she's like. Yeah, these are all the actual, uh, you know, pieces of art. You know, the ones in the museums aren't real. You know, and all this stuff. Like, it's, it's, you know, like, it, it, really? I mean, like, look, there were, there were two, there were two options with her. Either she was the power broker, or Marvel was doing like a blank check scenario where she was working for a guy named Mister McIntosh and was just spending his money. Those were the only two <laughs> options, you know. And by the way, I know most people aren't going to get that reference, but we need to leave it in there. I, I appreciate okay. it. Okay. No, it's not but those cut. were the only two options that you had, okay? And uh, personally, you know, I just thought the power broker made the most sense. I'm like you, Al. I didn't know why people were shocked by it. I was shocked that she, that that was the arc, arc they were going with for her, but I wasn't shocked by I, I definitely wasn't shocked by the sixth episode. I, I can tell you that. Like, even if you're, even if you're not, like, by the time you get to that one, and then she, and she randomly kills that one dude, you know, just out of nowhere, like, I mean, there, I, 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 I don't understand why that was considered a reveal at that point. At, at that point, it was just a confirmation. It was, it was Benedict Cumberbatch saying, I am Khan at that point. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, 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 that's what it was. Um, Wait, what? Yes, Josh. Benedict Cumberbatch is not John whatever in Star Trek Into Darkness. He's actually Khan. I know that's crazy. (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right. Does anyone else have any closing things, closing remarks or anything? I always feel kind of weird about this. Is I always feel like it's like the end of like asking for like prayer requests at a church. Doesn't it? It's kind of strange. Yeah. 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 Okay. I have to come up with better closing. Yeah. We'll, we'll, We'll work on that. Um, but, uh, but we always have the best closing line, which once again is fandom is for everyone. And, uh, thank you all so much for listening. Um, we've got some fantastic things coming up. I am currently working on a new YouTube series that I'm working on. It's going to be a three-parter that I'm very, very excited for. Um, and that'll be coming out. uh, I think the first part will probably be out this week and then we'll go from there. Uh, but yeah. Once again, thank uh, w- uh, one thing I do want to plug again is uh, Al's because uh, we, we plugged your John Walker YouTube. Al's tier list is up. I'm hoping for more tier list uh, just so we can get things like, you know, 
Far From Home is too big a movie, but Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is not too big a movie. You know, I, I, I want more stuff like that from Al, so, so I'm hoping for more tier lists. So if you can work on those, yeah, I'd appreciate it, Al. And you'll receive it. You will receive it. <laughs> also, um, also, um, also want to say, since um, Jenny is not here on this one, and I know how much she enjoyed this show, um, that just as a closing thing for me is that um, if you watch this show and you come away from it with the idea that um, John Walker is a really cool guy and is a really cool, badass character who everyone should aspire to be, um, then you should should probably rewatch this show. You should probably rewatch the show with some, some different company around you, um, possibly some more... Um, some more diversity in your life while you rewatch this kind of see what new things you can glean from it because I'm not I'm not the writer I don't pretend to be a writer I'm not nearly that talented but I don't think that's what the writers were intending with John Walker's character just just tossing that out there for Jenny because I think she would throw a, a similar final statement out there that's as true. well also if, if you think he's like still like this like super badass character after he kills a man in cold blood with the shield uh maybe get some more diversity and also kind of go see someone you know like 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 just go just go talk to him for a little bit and just make sure make sure everything's okay with you man you know like yeah you know that's uh yeah because that's that that's that because for the record that's not cool that is that is not something that uh that should be that should be done. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's not as, uh, it is the exact opposite of the Zemo dance. Um, if, if you will. Mm. So, yeah, I can't think of anything more opposite than the Zemo dance than that. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, once again, though, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be talking to y'all soon. You guys have a wonderful day. And as always, Phantom is for everyone. Cowabunga. (laughs) 